Jewish Latin Princess, episode 26, Michelle Poller, founder of Hello Fears. You're listening to Jewish Latin Princess podcast by Yael. Every week, get your dose of inspiration from the world's most uniquely talented Jewish women and from Yael herself. Seeking profound and practical ways to live a joyful, richer Jewish life? Welcome to Jewish Latin Princess Podcast. And now, Jewish lifestyle expert and bilingual blogger at JewishLatinPrincess.com, your host, Yael. You're listening to Jewish Latin Princess, everyone. Welcome back. I'm Yael Trush, your host. Here we are. It's a new year. We're on the other side of 5777. Yeah, it's 5778 people. How did that happen? Um, Does time just go faster the older you get? I've heard that before, and it's definitely starting to feel like that to me. Tishrei is not over, but um, and we're still in high holiday season, so the party is going. But um, yeah, it's officially a new year. So maybe you've thought that this year you might want to be braver, more bold, tackle some uncharted territory, Or maybe the thought of doing certain things still terrifies you, so you don't even want to go there, right? Fear is a real thing. We've often said it on the show, and often fear gets in the way of us living our best lives and being the best versions of ourselves. This is something that my guest today explored intimately and lived to tell the tale. She tells us all about it today. I have Michelle Poller on the show, everyone. This is a huge treat. Michelle is the creator of Hello Fears, which initially started with her project 100 Days Without Fears. In graduate school, Michelle embarked on a quest to face 100 fears and documented the experience. This has led to the creation of the Hello Fears movement, empowering people to live a braver life. Michelle is a renowned speaker who has brought her message to TEDx, Google, Facebook, the World Domination Summit, among and others. Originally from Caracas, Venezuela, Michelle is the sweetest. And guess what? She's no different from me and you in many ways. Only she's perhaps braver. She is brave, yes, and she's relatable, very relatable, and she will share with us what she has learned about fear throughout her journey. We don't go into all the hundred fears that she faced during our interview, but go ahead and look those up in her YouTube channel or in her website, michellepuller.com. Some scary stuff there, people, (laughs) but it's fun. But we do talk about the things that she has learned, a fear she has faced now in real life and how she has faced it, the business that came out of what was initiated a school project, her childhood, her family, and so much more. In many ways, Michelle broke the mold of the nice Jewish Latin girl that she might have been bred to be, and thank God she did. She has become an amazing Jewish woman who not just changed herself, but has changed the lives of those around her, as well as of many who follow her from afar. Here's Michelle Poller. Michelle Poller, welcome to Jewish Latin Princess. It's so fun to have you here. Yay, so excited to be here. Thank you for inviting me. My pleasure. Creator of 100 Days Without Fears, which is now Hello Fears, right? Yes. Um, I can't wait to dive into this topic. It's one of my favorite topics. I guess we're going to come out of this interview feeling braver and inspired <laughs> to face our fears head on, right? Exactly. <laughs> hopefully, hopefully. Yeah, I'm sure we will. Um, let's start with 
going down memory lane a little bit and take us to, I guess, back in history, what took a nice Jewish girl from Venezuela to start this crazy adventure, the 100 Days Without Fear project? Oh my God, do you want the long story or the short story? Um, the short story, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> short story? Um, I moved to New York from Venezuela when I was 20 five years old mm -hmm. or 26 but mm -hmm. around that and then um i was living here uh and i realized that you can't really enjoy new york while you're still in your comfort zone like you have to choose you either you know open your mind and go with the flow of this city or you try to constantly stay in your comfort zone and that is not that was not working for me uh -huh. so and i wanted to live here so much like throughout my entire life this was my dream so i finally moved here and then i was not living i was not really living the city so um i was doing a master's in branding at the school of visual arts at that point and we had this assignment where we all had to do a 100 day project so we had to choose one thing whatever it is to do repeatedly for 100 days in a row mm -hmm. and um at that point i knew that it was my chance to go after my fears. Like I was 25 or 26. I was married already. My husband fully supported me. My friends fully supported me. My mom, not so much, but <laughs> you know, as a good Jewish mom, good she was Jewish like, Why? mother. Yeah, don't face your fears. You're okay this way. So but, I love you. <laughs> but Michelle, when you say that you weren't like living it, living or experiencing New York to the fullest, and I mean, it, what did you mean specifically? Like, give us an example. Like, what does that mean? So, for example, I every night I would go to my um, cla to classes, right? Because I was doing uh -huh. my master program, and that was at night every day from six to nine. Uh -huh. And afterwards, my friends would always want to do something like, "Hey, let's go have a drink," or "Hey, let's go to the spa," or I don't know. Um, and I would always say no to everything because mm. I was just too scared. Or on a weekend, they would say like, "Oh, let's go explore," you know, New York up north and camp or something and I'm like no I just want to go to have brunch you know like plans that are very inside my comfort zone uh -huh. so I was missing out or if they would invite me to a networking event and then they wouldn't go I of course would say no because I wouldn't go by myself so I was just uh, responding to fear in every single aspect of my life uh-huh so growing up were you like shy or an introvert like does it have anything to do with your childhood you think well I think many factors definitely came into play for example when I was little like very little I couldn't see from afar so I had sight problems and uh -huh. my parents noticed that when I was around seven years old so for seven years I lived with a fear of getting lost I, ha I had no idea what was going on with me. I would just never leave my parents' side because I was too afraid to get lost. And now, even though as an adult and even though I'm wearing glasses right now and I can see perfectly, I still have a fear of getting lost and being by myself. Uh -huh. So that's one kind of fear. Then, for example, um, my grandparents are World War II like, survivors. So they actually went to the Holocaust and the uh, labor camps and everything so I grew up with all these stories and with the possibility that you know these things can happen like someone can come to your house and just take everything and right. take you and take you somewhere else without your family so I have like deep fears of 
you know, being by myself and right. getting lost, losing people around me. And, you know, I don't know. So I think that's a big part why I have so many fears. And also I'm from Venezuela, which is a <laughs> country where you have to be constantly, you know, like in a safe area, on guard. Yes, right. because then you're in danger. So yes. I'm like living there for me was hell being a very, you know, like a scared cat <laughs> like I was. Yeah, I can, I can relate to you in so many ways. I, I, yeah, some of my friends make fun of me. I'm like, well, I, I, I just am. I'm a little bit scared. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> I grew up yeah. in like a little bit of a dangerous country. What do you want? Um, yeah. yeah, it's so funny how our childhood sometimes affects ex- these things. However, it's like already amazingly brave of you to even recognize that this could be a potential project. I mean, I mean, that's already really bold. And I- I'm amazed that you had even the, wisdom to see it as something that could be not just an amazing project but an amazing personal development you know adventure right yeah I was very um, inspired by this project that happened right before mine called 40 days of dating by Uh graphic designers uh, Jessica Walsh and Tim Goodman who decided like we're really close friends and decided to date for 40 days Uh to see what happens and and they were documenting the entire process every single day they would have to you know answer a couple of questions do certain things so they had guidelines for their project and it was highly successful um, at least here in New York and at least in the creative community like designers community Uh and I thought you know what if they can brand love and dating I think I can brand fear fear wow good for you good for you you talked about their guidelines did you set up some guidelines for yourself as you went through each exercise yeah, yeah, yeah. So what I did is I said every single day I will face a fear, mm-hmm. record a video of me facing the fear, edit a video and upload that to YouTube. But on top of that, I created an emoji meter, mm-hmm. which um, was a nice way to communicate the level of fear that I had for each one of these challenges mm. before, during and after each fear. So you can't compare fears like um frying an empanada which is okay so, you know it's a little bit scary to get to I don't burned. Know, get burned or anything to skydiving which is like horrifying and, oh you know gosh. yeah so it was a nice way to communicate okay this is very terrifying this is a little bit scary and and so so on mm-hmm. uh-huh, uh-huh. and also I was answering every single day three questions which were uh what was the challenge you did why are you afraid of that because some people are afraid of the same thing but for different reasons and then why how did it go and I I would just tell a story of how I felt about it Hmm. do you now almost subconsciously ask yourself these things when you're when you feel like a fear trigger is happening I mean you know when you feel like coming like in your daily practical life do you think that maybe you now tackle fear in, in, in the same, I guess, systematic way that you learned to do it the first, the first time around? I definitely analyze every single situation in my life way more and try to find the root of it and mm-hmm. understand if I'm doing this because I'm afraid, of, like if I'm not doing it because I'm afraid of it or if I really don't want to do it or you say that I really don't like it. Uh-huh. Like, you know, it's very blurry. So I care a lot about understanding really the reason of why I don't want to do certain things or I do want to do other and not only me but I really analyze people around me like my husband my family my friends and I 
And, and it's really interesting because now when they say, no, I don't like that, I'm like, but have you ever tried it? And they're mm-hmm. like, no. And I'm like, how do you know you don't like it, you know? But I hate when they ask me that question. Uh-huh. <laughs> and I'm like, oh, <laughs> I know I have to do it. And it's just that. It's getting outside of your comfort zone before saying that you don't like anything or, you know, deciding not to try something. Right, right. By the way, Michelle, did you get an A plus? I hope you did. I did, I did. (laughs) Because before doing the project, they showed a couple of other projects that um, were sort of viral the years before. And they say, oh, this person that did 100 pieces of art or whatever, she was featured in this and this magazine. And then they encourage us to, you know, be out there and, and poster things. So maybe the media will see it and we, Mm. you know, get featured in some magazines or whatever. And then they were not expecting this to happen. Like I was in every single country, in the radio and the TV, (laughs) everywhere, like every single um, media outlet on Facebook or whatever, they were translating my videos to every single language you could think of. So that was so interesting. Yeah. How did your mother react at that point? (laughs) Well, she was even more scared at that point <laughs> because she doesn't like attention. You know, like she believes like, oh, no. get my daughter. <laughs> yeah, she was sending me like the little hand like Hamza things so <laughs> I can wear them in case, you know, people are. <laughs> the Ayan Hara is going to come. I exactly. So she was like, I don't like this much. attention. I don't understand it. I don't like it. Like I'd rather not you not having all this attention. Aww. And yeah, so uh, but you know what? I, you can't just fight that. It's. I surrender. I'm like, yeah. I'm sorry. This is what I actually love doing. And this is, and I'm changing lives. Like I'm inspiring so many people by being out there that I'm not going to stop just to protect myself from Abs- I don't know, the internet. Absolutely. Absolutely. Um, in fact, and now this is a perfect segue for me to tell you one of the reasons I wanted you to come on the show is because so much of your work is is t- ties into Jewish values and Jewish concepts. This idea, this idea of if not now, when, right? It's like the mm-hmm. first Mishnah in Perkei by Hillel. Like if if you're not gonna, like you've been called to do something, you have mm-hmm. to do it now. Or you know, even in, in in the story of Queen Esther, right? Like either you step up to the plate, mm-hmm. you've been called to do this, or you're just gonna stand in the sidelines and watch, becoming the best version of yourself, right? Which requires tapping into our soul's infinite potential which could be a really scary thing but we're called to do that and even just going against the grain and doing what's what's the right thing despite of whatever other you know influences society or others might think or say right when we know something is right and you just talked about inspiring people that's that's also you know just so in line with jewish concepts that i i so love um so Tell us what you discovered. Like, what are the, give us a summary of the most important things you discovered regarding our fears. Oh, wow. (laughs) I discovered, well, it's so many different little things. Like every single Mm -hmm. fear that I faced, maybe I didn't overcome that fear, but that helped me discover something else. Or it gave me some sort of confidence to tackle the next fear. Mm-hmm. Um, so I I can tell you a few of the things that I discovered. For example, um, being by myself was like a big no-no always. Like mm-hmm. I would rather spend hours with someone that I can't stand oh than gosh. being alone. That's so a so big, funny. yes, a big fear that I faced throughout the entire 100 days was 
to be alone. Mm -hmm. So uh, the first one was to go to a theater by myself, which was super awkward, to a museum by myself. I did that actually before starting the project, but it was a fear that I faced, at least for me. Mm -hmm. Um, And then at the end of the project, I traveled by myself to a different city and I stayed there. I did couch surfing by myself and I did it for two nights. So um, what I discovered is that I actually enjoy being by myself a lot mm-hmm. and now I I keep doing it I keep practicing that so even though I work with my husband full-time and we are together like he's actually right beside me right now <laughs> <laughs> um, but um, and we're always together and we travel together what, it, what we do is that when we travel to a different country if he wants to do something and I want to do something completely different then we say why don't we just split and you know each get wow. to explore a different thing yeah so we don't have to be all the time together and that has been like really nice uh, mm-hmm. mostly because we're actually 24 7 like together so um so that's one thing i discovered i also discovered that um it is almost never as bad as you think it would be like the fear like you you think it's going to be the worst thing in your life and this is you know going to kill you and, and right. everything's going to go wrong and actually it, that never happens right. at least Right. Yeah, yeah. You know, I agree with that. I heard it before and I started like kind of being intentional about that. And it's true. The, the fear that we have is never at, when you're on the other side of it, you realize it was totally unwarranted. It was never as bad as you thought it was going to be. <laughs> never, like not even one time it was. And actually, most of the times I was surprised to the positive side. So I think there is more possibility that you're surprised positively mm-hmm. by facing a fear than actually becoming a reality, like mm-hmm. your worst thoughts. <laughs> yeah, and actually they say it's 85% of the times things don't go as bad as you imagine. Right, right, right. I heard you once say that you discovered that there really are seven core fears. They might be for yourself, but this idea that you ended up discovering that what we fear is something deeper than what you think you fear, right? So talk about those core fears that you discovered. Yes, as I was facing all the fears, it started to feel a little bit repetitive around like halfway through the project. Uh And so I started analyzing like what's happening? Why do I feel like I'm facing the same fear that I faced last week? And then I started to, I put all the 100 fears into post-its, right? And this I did at the end of a project. Like I started realizing this, but at the end, I put them all together in in separate post-its. And then I started putting them together in clusters. So I was like, this fear and this fear can't feel similar. Like donating blood, getting a piercing, getting a Brazilian wax, they all give me like the same feeling. Mm -hmm. So I put them separate. And then I was like, oh, maybe it's about the pain. I'm terrified of feeling pain. So... You know, that's when I was like, oh, this is fear of pain. And then I was like, fear of embarrassment, fear of rejection, fear of um, disgust. Also, uh, fear of uh, trying to control everything, fear of being by myself. So I realized that at the end, I only had seven core fears. And you can face those core fears in infinite ways. Right. And and so do they ever go away or or does or or what happens is that the trigger point you kind of expand and the trigger point is different so um what what happened to me is that I realized that there are some fears that I'm less afraid than others or that I Uh enjoy facing more than others for Mm -hmm. example 
fear of embarrassment, if you face that one, like at the end, you're going to have a lot of fun. I don't know. The ones that I faced, is, it was like uh, speaking in, well, speaking in Bollywood, uh, no, doing stand-up comedy. Oh, I'm, or, I'm doing that. I told all my oh, friends, I'm looking for a stand-up comedy class that pushes yes. me to just do it. Not just go one night and randomly do it, yeah. but I want to be pushed by a team like you're doing totally. it now. <laughs> Yeah, totally. Really, like, you will have so much fun because it is so scary. But then if you lose the embarrassment, you will just have fun. And, or when I did dancing in the middle of Times Square, that was so much fun. Or karaoke. Like, those fears that you face, that you're embarrassed, at the end, you just have fun if you decide to let go mm-hmm. and not be so embarrassed by it. Um, but fear of pain, I'm still very afraid of that. I don't know if I will ever overcome my fear of pain. Let's see after I have kids. Yeah, I, I will say, tell you. Natural birth might not be for you. No, it could be. Don't don't yeah. let people tell you all the scary stories. I'll I'll, mm-hmm. I'll tell you when the time comes all the good stories about natural yeah. birth. <laughs> I need I need to hear that because I'm terrified. Yes, that's a huge <laughs> next fear. And then uh, fear of what else? Uh, rejection. I think that's a really important one that yes. we have to just let go of that one because uh, because. Our fear of rejection stops us in our daily life so much from getting what we actually want. Right. And that's right. terrible. We can't allow that to happen. So I just say, you know what? If the worst that can happen is getting a no, then it's okay. So I can it, get right? a no. Yeah. yeah, I, can, yeah. I can survive. So yeah. I just really ask for what I want right yeah. now. I don't let my fear of rejection stop me at yeah. any point. You just reminded yeah. me one of the big things my mother used to say, she still says it and it now as an adult it plays so much in my life. She always used to say, what's the worst thing they could tell you? No. You know, mm-hmm. and as a kid I so didn't appreciate it because I was quite shy actually, but as I've gotten older like I always think about it. You know what? So what's the worst thing they could tell me? No. Okay, at least I tried because chances are they could tell me yes. <laughs> so exactly. Ask. Yeah, now that you mentioned that question like that is one of my biggest discoveries is that every time we ask ourselves what's the worst that could happen, yes, it should inspire us in some way to think about, oh, the worst case scenario is not that bad. But what happens is that our mind starts to think about actually all the worst case scenarios and right. it goes to dark places. And then it is not very inspiring, that question. Because right. I was trying it every single fear. I was like, oh, but what's the worst that can happen? Then I'm like, oh, I can actually die. I can, you know, get bit. I can, this can really hurt or I can really hate this. So that was really uninspiring to ask myself that question. So that's one one day we decided, like I decided to just switch the question around and I started asking myself, what's the best that can happen? Exactly. Yeah, what's because that's best? what you... That That's what happen. you said. Like you said, um, yeah, what's the worst to get a no? But what if you get a yes? Exactly. So that is the question that will get you to think about the yes and the reward and the actually good things that can come out of this challenge. Yeah. So that's what I ask myself now uh, before facing any fear. Anything. Amazing insight. It's true. And, and really, that's optimism at its core. Just focus on what's the best thing that can happen. And you, if, if we could switch our mindset to be like that, we really could take great strides in our lives and change a lot of our lives, you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. The key to happiness, bottom line, right? Yes, no, definitely. Like, it it, it goes, goes against any 
pessimistic thoughts mm-hmm. that you can have. Like, for example, to talk again about my mom. Oh, poor mom. I hope she doesn't hear this. <laughs> mom, we but, love you. <laughs> yeah, I love you. But she is always like, what if things go wrong? What oh. if the luggage never arrives? Right. What if, you know, this gets lost? What if this never happens? And I'm like, what if it does? What if everything goes right? And then I'm like, you're just wasting so much time and energy thinking about the things that may go wrong. Like when they go wrong, you worry about those. But before, just, you know, think, try to attract the best things. Think good and it will be good. That is a Jewish axiom. Um, By the way, Michelle, at what point did you realize this had become a business? Because now it is. Like at what point during this, was it when you started getting all the media attention during the project that you said, wait, I have a business in my hands? Well, when I started getting all the media attention, I had no idea what to do with it. Uh-huh. Uh, and we started, like, because it, I say we, because it's practically me and my husband. Like, he was also facing the fears and helping <laughs> organize them. And it was a big part of the project. So we were working on this together. And so when I finished the project and I graduated from my master program, the idea was to get a job in branding. But then my husband suggested me, you know, why work for someone else mm-hmm. when you can develop this movement further and see if there is a business in here, right. which we have no idea. And then um, after I gave my TEDx talk, which was my 100th fear, right. I started to receive calls from uh, companies and organizations and events saying that, hey, I saw your TEDx. Can you come speak to my employees or, you know, my team or my students? And we were like, yeah, 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 we can. And then we spoke with an actual speaker, someone that dedicates to this full time. And he said, like, hey, you can charge good money for this. Yeah, and, exactly. and he was, and told us everything we need to do. Like, you need to get a demo reel ready and a presentation and everything. And you choose your audience and your topics. And we did all that. And then we started speaking. And it went all so good from the beginning. Like, my first talk was at Google. Great. That's amazing. So, so awesome. Kolakavod. I I love it. Um, Michelle, so what's what's next? What's next for Michelle Poller? You're going to all these companies. What's the next? What do you see in the future? So speaking, it's um, amazing and I love to do it, but also we want to find a way to develop some passive income. So in case I do want to have kids in the next years, then I can take some time off. You know, I don't have to turn a stage every single uh, week or month to to actually, you know, pay for our stuff um, and live life. So we are now developing the Hello Fears brand further Mm -hmm. than speaking and which means that I'm creating some merchandise, which I'm so excited about because I always wanted to own like a brand and sell products. So finally, I get to do this. So I'm working with illustrators on developing really cool T-shirts. I work with another illustrator, and we created a set of bravery stickers. So stickers that you can put everywhere to remind you to make courageous decisions on your day day to day. And we did a hat that says "Hello Fears," a pink hat, really really cool. Uh-huh. And and now I develop with another Jewish. Um, a designer that she designs jewelry mm-hmm. she's making me this brave choker made out of um gold uh chain and silver plated the the little thing that says brave so it's a choker it's really delicate and really like feminine that says brave 
and it's for you to never take it out. It's, you put it on, and I have it on since like a month ago, and it's there still, and it just makes me feel brave every single day. So we're starting to sell those online too. Good for you. Good for you. So I imagine it's changed you dramatically, um, you know, in your life. Can you give us an example of something that has happened now in Michelle's real professional, you know, personal life, something that came up that, wow, required you to arm yourself with that bravery that you learned all about? Like, give us some good practical example of, you know, Michelle's life now as Michelle Poller, not the person behind the camera who's, you know, doing the hundred day or the hundred fears. Yeah. So what happened now is that we are trying to live our life um, in the most courageous way to mm -hmm. lead by example. So we're not only, you know, speaking about facing your fears, but we really challenge ourselves and push ourselves to make decisions that take require courage to do. Mm -hmm. So for example, uh, we recently became nomads ah. and that took a lot of courage to do. Yeah, because we, we fear, you know what, we're never home because we're always on the go. We're always traveling to speak at all the different uh, companies and events. Right. And so why exactly are we paying for rent in Manhattan, which is super expensive, Crazy. Uh, right. if we're not even here? And then we ask ourselves, do we even need a home? Do we need furniture? Not really. So we put everything in a storage wow. and we decided to start, you know, the nomad life and we don't have a deadline. It's just we're living like this and whenever we get tired, we can just come back and rent an apartment or buy. So, you know, so what are you doing? You're airbnb all over the world? So when we go to speak at different events, the event pays for the hotel. The hotel so that's nice. Right. Yeah. So we're staying mostly in hotels and we go from event to event. But for example, I'm now in New York and we had two, uh, two weeks that were without events. Um, so I can work on developing my next talk, which is going to be huge and my book proposal. Mm. So, we, so there is like, a book in the horizon. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We're almost ready with the book proposal and it's coming along great. But awesome. these two weeks, we're like, okay, where do we want to spend two weeks? And then I thought, you know what? I miss New York so much. So we came here and we're staying in friend's house for two weeks. We're bothering everybody. What a nice friend. <laughs> yes, we have the best friends, really. <laughs> They're That's awesome. So awesome. So your husband quit his day job or he's able to do it remotely? No, he quit last year. Okay. So it's been more than a year since he quit and two years since I quit. So we work on this full time. He's so my hello manager. So fears is the business. <laughs> uh, yep, exactly. Awesome. This is so all we have. Speaking about a nomadic life, we're about to have the high holidays. So what's the yeah. plan? Where are you guys going to be for the Jewish holidays? No, we're obviously going to go to Miami where the family uh -huh. is. Okay, yeah. Okay. Yeah, okay. Yeah. And also, yeah, we, it's not like we're completely homeless. We have, <laughs> you know, family in Miami. We left a lot of our, you know, suitcases there and our stuff is there. Most of it, well, not most of it, most of it is in New York, but you know, we have six lug pieces of luggage in Miami. Oh my gosh. Yes. You're, you're so fun. So Michelle, what's, What's Michelle Pollard's mission? What fills you and pushes you every day to wake up and do what you do? So my mission is to make the world a braver place. Mm. So 
I do. I'm frustrated when people stop themselves and, and and they don't reach their full potential because of fear. So I love to speak to women or anyone really um, that they have it all, but they're blocking themselves. You know, like they can achieve everything they want in life, and it's only them preventing them from getting there. Yeah, success is on the other side of fear, eh? It is, and it's mm -hmm. just one step away sometimes. So that's my mission, to try to inspire as many people as possible to get out of the comfort zone and do that thing that will get them the most happiness. And every day I hear stories of people that were inspired by me in you know all the different ways possible, right. like through my Instagram posts that I post daily or, or my talks or my anything. And then they tell me, what they did and how happy they are and that just makes me so happy and i want to keep going amazing amazing all right michelle let's do some jlp fill in the blanks and this is a part of the show where i give you an open-ended sentence and you don't think about it too much you just answer with the first thing that comes to mind okay really bad at these <laughs> <laughs> all right well let's let Let's let the fear go and let's tackle it. Sure. <laughs> All right. I'm Michelle Poller and I feel most spiritual when? I feel most spiritual when I am about to face a fear and I really have to trust. I have to trust God that nothing bad can happen or that if something happened is because that's the best thing that had to happen, you know? So I think that's the moment. Wow, that is a big one. That that having that emuna that whatever is happening <laughs> is God is God has our backs, you know? Like yeah. it's it's for the best. You just gotta yeah. trust in him and you will be fine. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, I trust a lot. Yes. I I love that you mentioned. Is that something that was enforced at home? Like do you feel like it was something that almost by osmosis you got from your family, your parents? Not really. I think it was just me. Like uh, little by little, I I felt very blessed throughout my life. I I still feel like very very blessed. So I decided that I trust so much. Like I feel God has a really nice plan for me. I don't know. I trust so much in that. Right. Um, everything in my life, it just really comes into play. I don't know. And then if something I question it, then I know that in the future, I will know the reason why that happened. Wow. So I don't know, it's just me like it's my my life that led me to believe this and I'm yeah. 100%. Yeah, yeah of everything no, I, believe. I, I hear you. I hear you. Amazing. My favorite mitzvah or one that I connect with the most is Oh my god. Okay. My mitzvah. <laughs> uh, <laughs> don't get nervous <laughs> I don't even know if this is a mitzvah but to because I don't know all of them but to inspire people of like course. the fact that I can empower someone to take a, action right towards, in a positive way right yeah to change their life mm -hmm. for good me well like I if that's a mitzvah I, that's my favorite one and that's the one I want to keep doing forever you're right on track my dear that definitely is a mitzvah All right, my fondest, sweetest Jewish memory is. Ooh, okay. Can I say? I don't know. I think my the holidays when I was little, mm -hmm. and we were all together, like with my cousins, like my entire family in one place. Because you know what happened in Venezuela just made everybody go away. Right. So I don't have family in one place. Um, there are most of them in Israel, like my closest cousins and and uncles are in Israel so they're mm. pretty far from me and whenever I go there which we go a lot uh, thankfully mostly because of this our business <laughs> um, 
we I feel like I'm at home because I'm with them and I miss that a lot the togetherness the family togetherness. yeah holidays right right something I wish I'd learn about Judaism growing up is I wish I knew more about leadership in Judaism Mm -hmm. and how um, because right now I'm learning so much about about this about um, facing your fears in relation to to Judaism and and all uh, I wish I I learned more of all of that because yeah, they taught us only like, oh, you know what, the, like biblical things, but not maybe how can we apply that into today's world? Yeah, the deeper the deeper meaning that then translates into the practical, I guess. Exactly. Right. Not only the story of, yeah, right. this person married this and right. he opened the ocean, but how can, yeah, we use that today in our life. Exactly, yeah. It's something that needs to change in the education system, if you mm-hmm. ask me. <laughs> when I give tzedakah, I'd li- I like to give too. Um, okay, I like to give to, well, I, what I did in one of my fears, if this counts, is that instead of giving money, I decided to offer my help to people in the street. So I uh think that instead of only giving money, if I can actually do something to help, or at least make someone's day better i think that's my favorite way of giving mm-hmm. um so for example the that specific challenge i faced i went to the street in new york and i asked uh like 10 different homeless people what can i do for them instead of giving them cash wow. and yeah and that was very very interesting challenge to face because what i learned is that uh, you, like this is so interesting actually like the first person I asked this question he asked me if I could help another woman that was sitting in front of him like instead of you know like he was like don't help me just I want you to help that woman she, and looks she like was a homeless country. woman too yeah she was another wow. homeless woman sitting across the street and I was like really that's all you want me to do for you and he was like yeah please okay I think she's hungry and I was like oh my god so I went to a woman, asked her, what can I do for her? And then she asked me to buy her food for her cats, not for her. I was so surprised like to hear this thing. So I think it was even more rewarding for me than it was for them, right. what I, this challenge. But yeah, so now every time I see someone that needs my help, I actually rather like smile to them or if I can talk to them or do something for them different than just give them cash. Right. Well, that's that's exactly what we learned from giving from tzedakah, right? That it benefits more the giver than the receiver. That's the whole, the whole, you know, part of part of this um, this mitzvah, I guess. All right. Yeah. Finally, I am Michelle Poller, and today I am most grateful for. Ooh, I like that. <laughs> I am most grateful for. I think getting to know you and being uh-huh. in this podcast it's very very nice experience and i'm i'm glad we're doing this i'm very grateful for that thank you michelle i so appreciate that and we so appreciate you and your beautiful message and tell us where we can find you so most of the time i am on instagram i love instagram Mm -hmm. and i have two different accounts i have the hello fears account where it's mostly about inspiration and i'm about to launch well actually when this podcast come out i will already have lunch probably this um, campaign called Courage is version two. Uh, it's like the 2.0 part of it. 
really cool. And then you, it's all illustrated and very inspirational. Okay. And then you can follow my travels, like my nomad adventure through Michelle Polar on awesome. Instagram. Awesome. And, yeah. and on michellepolar.com, we can also access your shop. And if anybody's interested in booking you for a big speaking engagement or anything like that, that's where we find you, right? Yes, everything in michellefuller.com. And then I also have hellofears.com, which is uh, for stories of courage from other people. So if you're interested in in reading that, go there. (laughs) Keep it going. And and, uh, I hope we can have you back here when the book is out and, you know, celebrating a lot more successes and telling us, you know, what else is going on in your life? You you really are, you know, a powerhouse, an amazing message. I think everybody has so much to learn and to benefit um so i so appreciate you thank you thank you no this was great thank you so much for having me thanks michelle Poller for stopping by you can find michelle at michellepoller.com and she's on instagram and facebook at hello fears check out her sh- new shop at michellepoller.com forward slash shop where you can find her newly released branded products Now I have to get going with that stand-up comedy thing. I'm doing this, people. I've said it to Michelle Poller. I've said it to all of you. Now I have to just do it. Should I just document it? Should it be all over Facebook? I don't know about that. But anyway, thank you so much for being here. Go leave a rating if you haven't yet and a review. Please, please, please. It's free. It won't cost you a penny, but it's worth a lot to me. Wishing you an awesome day. Thanks for listening to Jewish Latin Princess Podcast. If you enjoyed this episode, Please subscribe on iTunes, leave a rating, and share the podcast with the Jewish women you love. To access today's show notes, ask Yael a question, or suggest a uniquely talented Jewish woman to be featured on the show, visit JewishLatinPrincess.com.